A lot of people have been asking why my voice beeps all the fucking time. The Torx shareholders wired my voice box with digital sensor, so I can't say stuff like cock or your fucking dick balls. That's like half my fucking vocabulary. It's goddamn bullshit. Hello and welcome to the Shred Shack Podcast. I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. And we're here to give you a weekly dose of metal discussion and uneducated opinions. I thought it was uninformed. Uninformed, uneducated, <laughs> same thing, whatever. Just... Come on, we both have degrees, damn it. <laughs> I, got all the, I have all the degrees. <laughs> uh, we're going to start off this week with a quick thing about uh, our conversation last week. Uh, immediately after we had mentioned all the stuff about bands, you know, going on a little bit too long, you sent me two articles about Motorhead, um, where Lemmy is now healed up and apparently kicking that ass again. Mm-hmm. So... Hooray for Lemmy. Hopefully he doesn't succumb to another lung infection again. Um, but if he's still alive and kicking, keep doing it until you die. Yeah, pretty Buddy. much. On uh, stage, probably. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's fine. <laughs> With his boots on. Uh, the other one was um, an article from somewhere. Uh, we're an interview with Tony Omi said that the reason that he is doing the farewell tour for Black Sabbath is he can't do it anymore, which is what we were saying as, like, you have to be able to know when you have to bow out. And it's good that he's able to say, you know, with everything that's been going on, with his, with cancer, with age and everything, he can say, all right, it's time to go. Yeah, he even mentioned that, like, they do stay in the best hotels, they have limo drivers, they have private planes and all this stuff, but just the rigors of flying at 5 o'clock in the morning, yep. going to a hotel, sound check, the show itself... He has to get blood tests and blood work every six weeks, yeah. which means he probably has to fly back to London or wherever he goes for that. And it just just the, the whole life of it is probably just way too much for a guy of his condition and his age. Yeah, so basically, you know, those those two were good examples of what we were talking about last week. I just wanted to bring them up because they happened, like, right after we did right, the podcast. Right, literally, like, the next day yeah, those, so. those articles came out. So I figured I'd bring those up. Uh, so let's go right into new releases. Um, you want to start off with the first one because it's bigger for you than it is for me. Honestly. Yeah, Slayer Repentless. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed this record. Mm-hmm. I really did. Um, going into it, the first track, Delusions of Savior, were actually kind of surprised me because they don't usually do an instrumental intro like that, especially because it was kind of slow. I guess the last time they did it was probably God Hates All. I mean, it, just, it was just kind of... It was kind of surprising at first, and I didn't think it was going to... I was taken aback by it, but then going right into Repentless, the single that we've all heard before... Um, I was just stoked, and from there on, I just really picked it up. Um, my favorite track, I have two favorite tracks off this record. Uh, track number three, Take Control. I just like the way um, Tom Araya sings on that track. It sounds really good. The The pattern's a little bit different than your normal uh, Slayer track. You know how most of it, their songs, you can probably interchange the song title at the chorus, and it'll be exactly the same. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and then the final track, Pride and Prejudice, is another good one. Um, I feel that as a as a whole, Kerry probably stepped up his game as far as songwriting goes because he doesn't have Jeff in his corner anymore. Um, and he also took a lot more of the leads on this one. If you look through the liner notes, they tell you who's playing the lead at what part of the song. And King has a lot of credit there. And, and Holt has just a few. Mm. Um, 
And you can tell the difference. Just the same way you can tell the difference between Jeff and Kerry. Um, Holt is a much more technical player, cleaner player, a um, lot more, lot less effect to it. While Kerry King, although he did step up his game on this one, he still know it's him. He's still a lot of dips with the whammy bar and just, you know, he, you know it's Kerry King. A lot of whammy, a lot of WAP had a lot of whammy bar stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, the record is really good. I really enjoyed it, and it's a short one, so it's in the it's in the same it's in almost in the same vein of of like Raid and Blood, yeah. Where it's a, it's a brutal thrash attack up in your face. Thirty five minutes later, you're done. Well, that's that's kind of standard for them at this point. Um, I I too picked up the album. Um, I like Slayer. I'm not like super crazy about them. Album was good. Um, I I can't really say one way or the other. I just didn't like lyrically. I'm just not keen on Slayer sometimes, which oh. you know that's that's another thing. Well, unfortunately, Kerry's the only one writing lyrics now, probably, yeah. and you know his stance on everything. Yeah. So yeah. which which we can get into later. So um, another new album that I have to talk about just because of what it is and what it is to me, the Hollywood Vampires. Anything about the Hollywood Vampire? Oh, this is um, Alice Cooper, uh, Johnny Depp, and Joe Perry. What? And a couple of like other guys. What happened originally was Alice Cooper had announced some time ago that he was going to do a cover album called "My Dead Drunk Friends." Yes. Yeah. Yes. That is this album. Ah, okay. Okay. Now, from what I can tell, that is this album because there is a, an original song on there called "My Dead Drunk Friends" that was written with you know Joe Perry, Johnny Depp. Um, Alice Cooper himself and a few other individuals. Um, it also apparently has the last recording um, on record of Christopher Lee because Christopher Lee does the intro. Ah, uh, so, okay. But um, the album is basically a, a whole album of covers except for the two originals that they do. Um, and Alice Cooper sings, from what I can gather, all the songs because I haven't heard the entire album yet. I need to pick it up. They only have a couple tracks on their um, on their YouTube page. And it's really good, you know. It's 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 a it's a basically a whole bunch of like older guys getting together and covering a whole bunch of older guys. What what are they covering? Like what songs? Um, they do "Schools Out" by Alice Cooper, obviously, but they do it the way Alice Cooper does it live, where he cuts into um, another brick in the wall, ah. which is cool. But throw on top of that the fact that it's a duet with Brian Johnson of ACDC. What? Yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's cool in that regard. Like it just comes out of left field. Um, wait, 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 wait. Alice Cooper, Alice Cooper, Brian Johnson, Brian Johnson. Same track, same track. That's fucking incredible. And it's not it's, it's not just that one track because I listened to um, a whole lot of love, Led Zeppelin. Right, right. Now, what's cool about that in particular is that they kind of make the intro creepy. Like they don't have like that whole single guitar, you know that whole thing. They make it kind of like a spooky intro with Alice Cooper singing it kind of softly, mm-hmm. and then they go into the normal uh, instrumentation. But I'm pretty sure Brian Johnson's on there again, so it's just it's a, it's a lot of fun like that. 
Wow. Um, they also cover My Generation. Um, uh, there's a few others on there I can't remember, unfortunately. Again, I haven't heard the entire album yet, but when we are done here and when we are getting settled to go uh, do other things tonight, I am going to be running to Best Buy and picking up that album because after realizing what it was, I said, why the fuck didn't I not pick this up? Well, that sounds very interesting. Yeah. I will so, definitely and, be burning that from you tonight. And, you know, like I had been waiting to hear more about this this Alice Cooper cover album. If this is it, then I need to get it. I love Alice Cooper. So, so Hollywood Vampires, pick that up. Uh, you got any others at all? No, I mean, it was a kind of a slow week as far as I'm concerned for new releases. Slayer was my main thing. The only thing I... I I also listened to that was new was at the same I think the same day mm-hmm. um, Queensryche released a new uh, video for their song Guardian and uh, Jeff Tate released a new song for his upcoming record I've only heard like one or two tracks from Jeff Tate's new Operation Mind Crime no no <laughs> no no <laughs> I, I just heard the one song that came out this week mm-hmm. and comparing it to the new Queensryche track is like night and day. Because because Queensryche, now that Jeff Tate is gone, they're like, oh man, we can actually rock again. And, and they do. And they do. And like they the, do. The last album, the last album that I, I uh, that they released was unfortunately way too short. It was like it was a much needed breather, but it was kind of like like it's like if you just were in an ocean, you came up for air. And they just kind of punched you back into that ocean, like, <laughs> like you enjoy that? Good. Get some later. Because <laughs> again, they they seem to be on the cusp of coming back and knocking things out of the park, and they seem so close to doing that. Like they had, they felt like they were like holding back on uh, the last album, and I'm hoping that this one they just kind of like just. I think kick that, it. I think they do because just the the one track that I like the one track that you played for me a couple weeks ago was good. Yeah. This one I think is better. Yeah. It's really good and. Tyler uh, Tori. Yeah. Um, he sounds just like old school Jeff Tate, mm-hmm. and it's so perfect for yeah. this band. It, it's it's definitely it's like I I bef- uh, before you showed up I pre-ordered the album. Oh, there you go. So I'm I'm obviously gonna get it, and it comes out on my birthday. What? Um, but I'm really excited for it just because of the fact that I know the band is just gonna you know. They're gonna they're gonna kick ass because they, now that they have you know this weight off their shoulder, they can just get out there and do what they want to do and do what they did way back when, and they're obviously still capable of doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really excited for that. Awesome. As for Jeff Tate stuff, no. <laughs> I wish you guys could see the little dance he was just doing. <laughs> it, just, it just it just bothers me. Um, I like I like some of Jeff Tate's stuff. I liked his I liked the the Tate Reich album, Frequency Unknown, even though it was, you know, in a very obvious FU thing and all that bullshit. I like some of his stuff. But he's not metal. And I really don't like I yes, I understand that you wrote a good portion of Operation Minecraft and whatnot. You shouldn't be using the title of that seminal album for your band, especially when you have no semblance to that band or to that <laughs> album anymore. I don't know. I, I don't get it. Well, I just uh, I also reading like the pretentiousness of this record that oh, he's yeah. coming out with because apparently it's part one of a trilogy of records that has this whole big theme about blah 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 blah. Just reading it makes me want to vomit. <laughs> it's it's so pompous. Yeah, I, I I heard things about the the trilogy and whatnot, but like after hearing the the one or two tracks, I was like, mm, I'm not gonna give this one so much of a chance. Like he is really hit or miss. 
and the hits are usually kind of like more of a flick. Again, Frequency Unknown, I liked. I'm not saying it was fantastic, but I liked it. But I remember, it was like two, three years ago, I was driving around, this is back in New York, and uh, listening to Fingers Metal Shop, and mm-hmm. they played one of the songs from his solo album at the time, which came out before Frequency Unknown. And I'm like, this song sucks so much shit. <laughs> and then I find out who it is, and I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> I don't even know what song it is anymore if I hear it again and have the same response. But wow. like, like, again, I want to like Jeff Tate, but just like a lot of what he does is just bad. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, on to news. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully there's nothing well, What else have you been Tate listening and... to? Oh, yeah. What else are I listening to? Wait, Iron Maiden. Duh. Oh, Next. right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I just picked that one up today. So my besides the, the new Slayer, Slayer, which only I got yesterday... Mm-hmm. Um, I went back and listened to a couple of things that we talked about um, on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, uh, I can't get over the whole Diamonds album. I've been listening to it. Um, it's a safe album for me to play with my uh, my clients in the gym. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, I can listen to that. I listened to Once Human again. Um, the second time around, I enjoyed it a little bit more. Okay. Um, went back and listened to Ozzy Scream because we mentioned that just recently in one the, of our the podcasts. Album okay. Yeah, the Scream, the, the album. album. That was good. Um, Children of Bones coming out with a new record coming uh, real soon, so I went back and listened to uh, one of their records. Perseverance by Hatebreed. Just threw that out there. <laughs> I had 20 minutes to kill. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think I, I think I got to the first red light out of, this, out of my street, and that was about it. Um, I listened, Just to prepare myself for Slayer, I listened to the last two Slayer records, Christ Illusion and uh, World Pain and Blood. Mm. Um, so that was kind of like a like a primer for the new one and I actually think the new one's better than those two anyway um Shadows Fall Retribution is their one of those I think their second to last record before the whole hiatus thing uh it has Still I Rise on it and a couple other tracks I that it's a catchy as shit record and I listened to it like three four times in a row just because it was just that good I think that's one of the ones I'm missing and the last Avantasia album um, I don't have that one either. That's actually pretty good, and the reason that I'm I'm mentioning this specifically is it's because, because Jeff Tate's on the new one. Yes, because Jeff Tate's going to be on the new one. <laughs> Fuck you. Coming out next over. year. <laughs> I'm flipping my podium. <laughs> so we went from Tate Reich to Avantasia Tate. <laughs> Avantasia. Well, I, I, I'm hoping that he'll do well on there because, you know... He's not writing the tunes. He's well, just singing a song. And every time that... that Tobias Salmon has somebody do vocals on one of his albums. It's usually it's usually pretty good. Yeah, you know, um, we can go into the list, but I won't even bother. But I'm I'm hoping for good things there. Just as long as it doesn't let me down, like Tony Martin on the uh, Star One album. That's so sad. <laughs> okay, <laughs> on to news. Um, so first things first, we cannot play the Everything Is Awesome clip. Damn it. Damn it. Uh, so case, close. <laughs> two bits of news came out this week. Uh, first one was about the uh, – both of them have to do with Epica. Um, keyboard player's name, I believe it's Cohen Janssen. His wife apparently has cancer. So there goes our, our chance to use We should play a song them. about like that like, – like a death march or something like that every time we mention someone who has cancer. Uh, that, that's, that sounds too rough, unfortunately. <laughs> but – uh, Everything he, is not awesome. But uh, he just has to step out of the tour, the the currently ongoing North American tour with Elevati and the Agonist, which sounds like a fantastic yeah, tour. Yeah, it's an amazing show. Um, 
he had to unfortunately step out of that tour to be with uh, his family during this time. And then today, I believe it's earlier today, um, they announced four show cancellations because of an unknown situation with Simone Simons' family. They didn't say any details about what, what that is, but four shows at least canceled for now. So if you're, if you're looking forward to seeing Epica, unfortunately you may have to miss it this time around, which, you know, they do put on a good show, so you'll get a chance to see them. At least they're a young band. Well, well, they're still doing the the shows are still going on. Yeah. Elvedi and the Agonists are still playing, um, they're just and they're still doing up. their yeah, they're still doing the meet and greets too, yeah. which is but, cool. Which is very cool. You know, you the only one you don't get to meet is Simone, which is probably half. The, that's what most of the people want to meet anyway. Yeah. But and the other cool thing is that if you don't show up for the meet and greet, you get refunded. Huh. So that's. I mean, they're being really cool about the whole yeah, situation. That's, that's so. definitely cool. They could definitely be dicks about that kind of thing, but no, they were cool. So, so you know, Godspeed to the families and everything. And for those of you who are going to the shows, you still get some pretty good bang for your buck. So yeah, really. That's that's definitely cool. Because the new Agonist singer, I really, I really enjoyed that. And then of course, Elvedi is awesome. Yeah, they they maybe do longer sets and everything. Um, which we also will mention Elevated a little bit later um, when we talk about albums and whatnot. Um, which is maybe right now because there's other, no other really big news thing aside from the whole Cynic thing, which I don't know anything about Cynic, honestly. I, I don't know anything about Cynic. I just know that they're very highly regarded in the metal community. Mm-hmm. Uh, they broke up a while back. This is kind of like this is kind of like their reunion get together, really. Um, and then uh, apparently over the course of this past week, it's completely fallen apart. Yeah, it became a real shit show. Thanks to social media and, and people finding out that bands are dissolved when uh, on social media and then going, wait a second, did we have a discussion? Who said what? And then there's the thing, it was like, well, I don't have access to our Facebook page, and then somebody posts a picture of the admi- administration on that Facebook page, and mm-hmm. that dude's clearly on it, and it's a whole bunch of he said, she said bullshit going on right now, and I hate to you know, induce a Fred Durst line, but God damn it, <laughs> it's there. It's just, um, I, I think we'll we'll definitely you know touch more on this probably next week when we talk about uh, as far as social media goes because again, with any new form of technology, there's always going to be some sort of real downfall to it. But this, these kind of situations are just so goddamn goofy, right? Like, it reminds me of high school. Yeah, and and and, and like, I, I hate saying that because I hate saying that like oh you got to be more mature because that word has gotten so overused in the last few years but it's like guys guys <laughs> grow the fuck up <laughs> yeah I mean like this is this is your band you can sit there and say I quit you guys can you guys can call a band meeting you know, that is really just the dumbest way of doing things um again I don't know more about the situation I don't know who hates who or whatever the hell but like there are significantly better ways for you guys to resolve a situation like this than just sitting there you know being assholes and like this, yeah. and, and and sadly, it's not the first time that things like this have happened. You had mentioned the whole Van Halen thing before. Yeah, well, apparently Michael Anthony found out that he wasn't part of the reunion tour yeah. uh, through Facebook or an e- like not even email. He just found out because it was announced, and he was like, uh, "I didn't get a phone call." <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least in that they're trying to keep him out, so they kept them you know in the dark. But at least you should say like, "Hey, listen." We're going on tour. You're staying the fuck home. Go go work on your barbecue sauce. <laughs> <laughs> go hang out with Sammy. Yeah. Well, doesn't he doesn't he tour with Sammy now? Yeah, he's insane. Well, I mean, the, the the whole Chickenfoot band. 
Yeah, that's right. I, I mean, like, the, the chicken the, foot the, band, and then he just hang, I think he just kind of lives with Sammy. Well, I, I mean, like, <laughs> I, I feel like he does now his his solo band or whatever incarnation of Sammy Hagar's solo band is happening because he had like Sammy Hagar, Sammy Hagar and the Wabaritas, Sammy Hagar and something like that. I don't know. It's like I think he has like six like side bands under the same name. I, I think Sammy Hagar just kind of shows up at a pub and he brings some people and that, that, that's a band like and the, they play some shows. They play up, some songs. Shows up at an open mic and just goes, "Who wants to be in the band? <laughs> you? Can you play guitar?" <laughs> Do you know some Montrose? <laughs> you don't know me. I can't drive 55. <laughs> but um, aside from that, a lot of the stuff that was announced this week were new album releases, like stuff to look forward to. Um, first one I'll mention is Devil You Know. Yes. Devil You Know has released a new yes. album, uh, uh, announced a new album. If you don't know who Devil You Know is, um, another super group, Howard Jones at the front. Uh, blah, 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 guitar player. I can't remember the guitar player's name. <laughs> I, the only one I really remember off the top of my head is, is Howard Jones, of course. Okay, yeah. And there, that's in November coming out, right? Oh, sorry. It's uh, it's uh, Francesco Ardusato from uh, All Star Parish. Right. Yes. Because right. I have to remember this because you we interviewed, interviewed the poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. Uh, I had no, because I looked it up and I was like, I had the name in my head. I have the name in my head. I lost the name. So. <laughs> Dumb and, and, and unfortunately, I don't know the rest of the members of the band. So I'm a little bit more off the hook with that one. But Devil You Know, if you love the last album, coming out with a new one soon. I guess because the other bands are on hold. I don't know. Um, similar to that, Ex Deo. Oh, from, yeah. From the singer of Cataclysm. They are uh, announcing a reunion, which like apparently two years ago was when they like, on hold. They're starting up again. New Ex Deo album coming out. Now that Cataclysm just released their last album recently, right? I guess so. I, I think so. So yeah. So new X Deo album. Um, next one that I'm I'm really, really excited for is the new Primal Fear album mm. coming out in January. Primal Fear has never done me wrong. Never done me wrong. The only time it's ever been done wrong is Ralph Sheepers wasn't in Judas Priest. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I was going to say because he sounds just like. Just like Halford. Yeah, he was he he tried out for for Judas Priest and didn't get let in, so he he. he so he just kept on recording Judas Priest albums. So, so he <laughs> they called him Primal Fear. <laughs> so him and Matt Sinner got together. They made Primal Fear, and it was awesome. <laughs> fucking awesome! I love Primal Fear. Um, I have like one of their records. And it's really fucking good. So. Uh, do you know which one? I have no idea off okay. the top of my head. Yeah, because I have everything up until the last two, and they just they kick ass so hard. Um. Yeah, neither here nor there. But um, next one up, Elevati, who we just mentioned is on tour with Epica. Mm-hmm. They're doing an acoustic album in the future. Ooh, which is going to be pretty cool because they have a lot of folky elements to begin with. And just imagine them toning that back and making an acoustic. It's more than likely going to be sweet. Yeah. So listen out for that one. That's coming out whenever. And lastly, uh, another super group of sorts. Um. I don't know the other two members, but I know that the singer of Delane is in it. Album, a band called Phantasma. Oh yeah, I just I just saw that the other day too. Yes, yes. Um, Delane's a great band. Uh, the singer of Delane, unfortunately, I don't have her name. Again, I don't do my research very well, but she's a great singer. So hoping this will be interesting. Yeah. So when we hear more about it, when we start hearing, seeing lyric videos and streams and whatnot, I will be there to listen to it and check it out. Yep, Phantasma. I'll more than likely be. Post it on your page. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, this is pertinent to our information. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I will fill up your news feed forever. I'll be sitting there at work looking at my uh, my smartwatch and be like, God damn it, dude. <laughs> Weren't you supposed to be working? 
I still haven't figured out how to respond with the phone and be like, dude, calm the fuck down. <laughs> Chill your shit out. But yeah, so pretty much a lot of uh, albums were like um, were announced this week, but like news-wise, nothing really particularly big. So, well, I think as far as older fans go, mm-hmm. Richie Blackmore playing rock and roll again is a huge deal. I, I, I'm, um, I want to see it for what he does with that. I don't want him to just do, do a nostalgia tour. I want him to do new. Well, music. it's not a tour. It's four shows apparently, all in Europe. Um, the the thing is, is that they did an interview with him, and he says I'm, he's pushing seventy, so he's old, yeah. and he just feels that it's time to do a rock show again. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been doing um, Blackmore's Night for like the last twenty years. Yeah. So apparently, he's got a new singer lined up mm-hmm. that no one's ever heard of, and he describes him as a cross between Dio and Freddie Mercury. And, Which and, are some pretty big shoes to fill. Yeah, you, you, you. <laughs> <laughs> you best to step up to the plate and deliver. Yeah. If, if that's your claim. If you're wrong, you best be wearing a cup the rest of your life because I'm gonna kick you. Um, he hasn't announced the rest of his band yet, but apparently they are definitely gonna be doing some purple stuff. They're gonna be doing some rainbow stuff. Mm. Uh, so it's probably it's it's probably gonna be a really good mixed bag of everything he's done. I I just I I'm hoping that you know. He gets a little bit of, of the bug in him, and he just decides, like, let's write a new track. Like, one new song of him doing rock, I'd be cool with. Mm-hmm. You know, so just just throw it up there as a single or an online thing, or even and play it live. If, and if that's the case, if and when they finally get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. Richie Blackmore up on stage with the rest of some incarnation of Deep Purple would be amazing. Yeah. I, I, I'm not too familiar with... Um, their um, their conflict at this point. I don't know if they like they constantly have words and in interviews and stuff like that. It's well, just, I, it's just that he hasn't been playing that kind of music for twenty years. Yeah. So that's probably why. Well, I mean, like, do the members do the members of Deep Purple not like him? Does he not like them? Something. Like I, that. I don't know how far uh, how yeah. how deep that is. Yeah. But I mean, like, are, are, are we expecting like an Axl Rose type letter where it's like I? Do not deeply regret to inform you that I will not be showing up next to those douche nozzles. Well, I don't know about that, but I would just—I don't. Know, the thing is, when you think about Deep Purple getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, is like which version? Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, who gets in? Who who's gets snubbed? You know. Yeah, they've been, then they aren't in there yet because it's been. Uh, they've it's been, been a long. T- they're if they're eligible if for listen, twenty years now. If you listen to Eddie Trunk on his radio show or watch that metal show, he goes on these epically long rants about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and how they fuck things up. Yeah. Like, like Iron Maiden, Judas Priest aren't in. Black Sabbath just got in three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yet bands like, you know, Metallica, who deserve it, but they get in first round. Mm-hmm. You know, but bands who have been eligible for so long, Rush, Kiss, yeah. and they're just now getting in. You know, so I don't think I think Deep Purple Deep Purple might have been on the ballot recently, mm. but I don't think they're in yet. Even after John Lord died, yeah. I don't think they're in yet. <sighs> Rock and roll. <laughs> Woot. Hello, Cool J's in though. <laughs> Rock and roll. Well, well, you know what happened there? Went up to all those uh, those judges and went. <laughs> Mama said, "Knock you out," <laughs> and they shat themselves because it's a whole bunch of stiff white people looking at an angry black man and saying, "Oh no, what do we do?" <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, we're not talking about that no more. <laughs> we're talking about 
uh, this week's uh, discussion, which is going to be lyrical content on albums. I mentioned before that new Slayer album lyrical content was not so. It didn't. It didn't strike me as as particularly good. I know Slayer enough that I know it's going to be all very. Um, you know, like anti-religion or anti-religious imagery. Obviously, the front cover of the fucking album is Jesus's. Dude, oh, head. I didn't get the. I didn't get to show you this. Oh, there's a poster. I, no, the motherfucking. I got the special edition, which comes with an awesome um, live at Vakin from last year. Mm-hmm. But of course, because it's fucking Slayer, it folds out into an upside down cross. I mean, c- come on. <laughs> is, is, is it actually like somebody crucified on there? Like, no, no, it's just a bunch of like you know images of hell and uh, all this stuff. Okay. Pretty much like you know. Any kind of Renaissance painting from back in the day, but guys, don't take yourself so seriously. Yeah. <laughs> People, guard your faces. There's a ham fist around here somewhere. <laughs> but it wasn't even like I'm used to them and and anti-religious stuff. Um, I'm personally not very religious, but I don't sit there and have to feel the need to hate on it. What bothered me about this one right off the bat is the word fuck being in there at least four times in 15 seconds. Now, I have no problem with cursing. I obviously have no problem spewing out as many curses as possible when I'm in general conversation. I do think it's absolutely sounds super unintelligent, but it's what I do. <laughs> but, like, just the first 15 seconds of, of that, I was just like, guys, you're not, you're like, you're scaling back the writing. You could, you could write better. Like, don't, just, everything's well, fucking... Yeah, well, we talked about. We have a feeling that Kerry King is probably writing most of the lyrics nowadays, and he wrote a lot of the lyrics back and forth with Jeff and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think again, it's it's mostly Kerry writing these lyrics now, and he he doesn't hold back on anything, and he'll just he'll just throw a whole fucking fucks like all over the place. And and um, I just again in, in music, I feel like it has to has to. It has to work. It has to be like necessary. I feel, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, Metallica, Dire's Eve. I've outgrown that fucking lullaby. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. What I'm not okay with it is just being thrown around every few seconds, like Five Finger Death Punch, just throwing it in there. In yeah, there, in there, in I was there. gonna bring them up. I, yeah. I I think they definitely overuse it. Um, and yeah, it's it's kind of one of those those that kind of. Their lyrical content kind of like lead, lends them to be made fun of, which which is the same case as bands that were popular a decade ago uh, in the new metal thing. Because yeah. like, cursing was big with then. Like we like at the same time we were talking about um, uh, clean and, and explicit albums a little while ago, uh, off off the record here, and um, you know there were so many bands around that time that were just throwing curses all over the place. Like it's, I, I feel it's like it's not necessary. No. I understand cursing as an expression of rage because I stub my toe once a day and I just scream <laughs> out loud. You know, I, I, I will curse in rage, but it's like I don't need it in my music. That's how I feel. Yeah, well, it depends, I think. Uh, rage Against the Machine, mm. uh, Killing the Name, Fuck You, I Won't Do What You're Telling Me. That, that it, I, makes sense, but then every other, every other song that they do where he just kind of throws it in there... Yeah. It seems kind of unnecessary. Yeah. Well, at least like in in the regard of uh, killing the name of it's uh, killing in the name whatever, it's um, it's more of like the single message, the single line. Um, it's it's at least it's powerful. 
when you just kind of throw it in there to to fill syllables, it just sounds stupid. It sounds like you're not you're not trying hard enough to write a song. You're not yeah. trying hard enough to write anything. Um, and after a while, I th- I just can't hear it over and over. Like, um, and this is not even a metal example. You remember, you remember Limp Bizkit? Remember them? They were a thing. Yeah. Uh, the song "Hot Dog" from their from their album "Hot uh, Chocolate Starfish and Hot Dog Flavored Water" was just a whole lot of fucks. I like he even counts it up at one point, makes a joke about it. It's just like well, so did so did the insane clown posse. Again, they are pretty fucking stupid too. <laughs> I mean, unless unless you're doing it as a joke, or you yourself are you yourselves are a joke. Like using that in a, a, a serious attempt at a song or a serious attempt at a message, unless it's "fuck you, I don't do what you tell me," it just doesn't seem to work. However, since I was saying about um, if you're doing it as a joke, there's a song by Psycho Stick called "Not Safe for Work" or NSFW, and all it is is the word "fuck" and one shit. <laughs> and what they do is they is they do it to, um, I believe, Bach. Duh. Da, 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 oh da. my god! So all it is for the first few seconds and certain parts of it, and during the breakdown, is fuck, 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 the entire song. That's funny. That's a joke. It's hysterical. I can I can get behind that, but I don't like it being used as filler. What about um, songs like Pantera's "Fucking Hostile," where it's the title yeah. of the song? The title of the song, but it's not being thrown around all the damn time. Okay, you know. And then what about like a song like Tool? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it, it's Anima. You know, fuck L. Ron Hubbard, fuck all his clones, fuck this, fuck that. That might get a little tiresome after a while. Okay. Um, but, I mean, again, the, whole, the song as a whole is basically about, you know, you're all going to have to sink or swim. It's kind of, I don't know. Again, I'm not crazy about Tool, so I want to no. be like, nah, nah, bro. Because no, that's that, that's actually one of those songs where that's like my favorite Tool song. Yeah, it's one of those songs where, like when I hear it on the radio or it comes up, everything like the world stops. And I listen to that song, mm. and that particular part is actually my favorite part because it's just kind of like really um, lists a whole bunch of things that I don't so, like. So maybe maybe what I was saying before about it being used as as a filler is, is still able to be uh, argued here. But when it's being used as something, um, it's directed at something like a statement. Yes, there you go. Like because when 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 you're not when you're not using it to just kind of fill gaps in your lyrics, and you're actually using it to say something specific that isn't like obnoxiously annoying, like not obnoxiously. Do you use uh, it like in every kind of way you can? Yeah. Fucking fuck, fuck, fuck. You know, pretty much like Rocco and. All in uh, Boondock Saints. Yeah, even that, even Boondock Saints. Like the, again, it's not a not a metal thing. It's, it's a movie, but after watching that movie, I'm like, man, I don't think I can listen to the word "fuck" anymore. <laughs> like it's just, I can't, I can't do it. So then you also got um, Pantera's opening track to um, Great Southern Trendkill. I'm not as familiar with Great Southern Trendkill, unfortunately. Fuck the world for all it's worth. Every inch of planet Earth. Fuck myself to leave me out. I mean, he just goes off. Like yeah. fuck everything. Yeah, I guess I guess there's that. It's a very fine line there, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But so I, it's so you're you're thinking more along the lines of like if it's a statement, profanity is pretty much. It can be used. It can be used. I think there's there are better ways to say things, obviously. But if again, if you're using it 
as filler or as like a fake um fake tough guy thing. Well, no, 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 I don't see fake tough. Guy. I mean, like as a certain word, like a um um adjective adverb. You know, something like that. Yeah, yeah, one of those two. I I had to think about it, but like, you know, I don't like sitting there saying like, say you um give me two things you hate. Hipsters. Okay. okay. You. <laughs> Eat me. <laughs> so if someone said, I hate hipsters in a song, they can find a way to kind of stretch that out a little bit, or they can cram something else in there instead of saying, I fucking hate fucking hipsters. Yeah. Like, I, like, I find that so unnecessary, but some people will shove it in there yeah. just for the sake of doing it. It's like, that's lazy writing. Mm-hmm. That is really lazy writing. Gotcha. Not even in music, but anything that is really lazy writing. Gotcha. So, um, but now taking that out, taking out... Um, expletives and I've just obviously been focusing on the word fuck the whole time um, lyrical topics now I had posted the thing up on the uh, Shred Shack Facebook page earlier to get uh, ideas on what people like and don't like in um, lyrical topics and, and, and profanity and whatnot. Uh, Joseph A. Smith who I believe has been listening to the live show for a good portion of of its existence. Uh, he wrote, personally, I love songs about history, war, etc., much like the stuff Iron Maiden and Sabaton put out. Um, profanity really doesn't matter to me, but it can be a hindrance if it's overdone. Which basically. You just kind of just covered that. Yeah, his, his, the profanity line pretty much covers what, like, what I was trying to get at there. Um, but with your first part of it, um, Iron Maiden, Sabaton, Iron Maiden switched to all sorts of war topics, <laughs> like in the last few years. They've gotten so downtrodden, it's, it's, it's funny, actually. <laughs> Um, but, you know, Maiden's always had a nice little diverse way of, uh, writing, and they, last few years have been about war, but they've talked about, um, not just war. (laughs) Um, well, they, they, they have lyrics that are based on literature, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariners, an epic poem, apparently, right? Um, The Trooper is based on a poem that's written about a battle. Mm. Um, Flight of Icarus. Right, uh, Flight of Icarus, mm-hmm. um, Alexander the Great. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, so these are all. So they, they, they they choose their topics and yeah. then they go from there. And Aces High is about the um, aerial war battle in yeah. World War Two. But still, that covers that covers history and war. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, that, if that's a subject that Steve Harris feels like writing about, and yeah. I mean, one of the songs off of uh, I think A Matter of Life and Death that, uh, oh my God, Passchendaele. No, that's that's Dance of Death. That's Dance of Death. All right, Passchendaele. That was the one that was written by. Oh my God, which one wrote that? I unfortunately don't remember. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess. Oh my gosh. Smith or Murray? Smith. Sorry, it was Smith. I mean, that's a great track, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's just what those guys are into. Yeah. I mean, you can also say the same thing about the entire Glorious Burden album yeah. from Ice Earth. I mean, that's just what Schaefer was into at that time. With, with um. Going back to Maiden for one second, like when Maiden hasn't done songs about war, they've done it well, which is good. You know, stuff like their their Charlotte the Harlot uh, song trio, because it was Charlotte the Harlot, um, Twenty Two Acacia Avenue, and uh, From Here to Eternity. Supposed to be basically, I'm pretty sure about the same person, which is Charlotte the Harlot. Um, so obviously not about war, about sex or or things that are pertaining to sex. And I don't sit there and cringe when I hear the lyrics. It's, mm-hmm. They're 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 good they're good tracks. Well, and also think about something that's not about war. Mm-hmm. One of their mainstays. Is Hollow Be Thy Name. Yes, that is about being prisoner of some sort. And pretty much going to the gallows. Yeah. And then um, Number of the Beast is, you know, just Number of the Beast. And then you also got Run to the Hills, which is about the white man 
going and pretty much taking over the lands of the Indians. So, yes. um, but with with Glorious Burden, as you were saying, I I like Glorious Burden. Um, what I find a little jarring sometimes, and this is not just Iced Earth, this is not just Glorious Burden, this also has a bit to do with um, songs like Empire of the Clouds, where they're trying to paint a picture with the lyrics. It Sometimes it kind of... It's too descriptive. It's, it, yeah, w- like with um, like with Gl- a Glorious Burden in particular, uh, with the Gettysburg song. Oh my like, god. Like they're talking directly, like they're telling you like left foot, right foot, like, left foot. I, actually... <laughs> Like aside from like the things that's like where they're actually playing a part, where like you know Ripper's General Lee and 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 Schaefer's um, yeah the this the what was it the, what do they call the character the disapproving soldier or something like that. anyway like that. The, everything aside from that is pretty much straight out of a history book yeah like you're reading it word for word from a history book like you got the cliff notes of that battle right like, there right? <laughs> like I mean they could have done a little bit of alliteration or like they could have like expanded it made made like use symbolism or something like that. But this is literal word for word history. Which is like again, you you take away that that part of it. Um, if you look through the uh, booklet for Glorious Burden, and they're doing um, the build up to the the build up to the big climax of the last track of Gettysburg. If you look at the liner notes, they time out what every section is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, which is very cool. You don't need words for that kind of thing. Um, and they do it really well because, like, you know, now knowing that I can go back and listen to it and say, like, okay, like, imagining this, now imagining that, now imagining that. You don't need words for that. Whereas, like, the first two tracks are just kind of like, yeah, they were running down the field. <laughs> they were running down the field. That guy shot a shot a guy. <laughs> you see that? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually what the whole album felt like, though. I mean, there was just way too. It was way too literal. Yeah, it was, really was felt like you're reading it straight out of a history book. And I think they could have done a much better job. I mean, I love bands who do that. Like, don't get me wrong, I love the the the, the Glorious Burden. It's a great album, mm-hmm. but I think they could have used a little bit more imagination and imaginative writing instead of just really giving you a history lesson. Yeah, um, which is kind of why, I like, like I don't know much about Sabaton, but the songs I've heard yeah. are fantastic, and they're a little less literal. That's what I was gonna say because with Sabaton, they'll start they'll sing about particular things, but like um, the song Prima Victoria. Uh, that's probably the song I'm thinking of. Yeah, um, I I don't know the exact lyrics, but like a lot of it is more, um, it's kind of catchy and kind of gets you into more of, of the moment. Instead of telling you a story, it kind of gets you into like like you're there more more of a feeling, like you're you're ready to like raise your rifle in the air and shit like that. Right. That's more of the vibe that you get from them. So and, and it's it's a little bit more fun. Um, again, they do they are probably very descriptive in their lyrics. I've only heard a couple of tracks because I've only I, I don't have I don't personally own any of their albums. Right. I just I can't look at the liner notes or anything like that. But um, you know what they do is 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 paint a picture without just kind of slamming it in the face. You know, and I was mentioning them uh, Iron Maiden doing that before, and there was one tr- once. Uh, one line from Empire of the, uh, the Clouds that irked me. So you're saying for like for all non-believers, the Titanic fits inside. I was like, that's a weird line. <laughs> it doesn't sit well with me. I... Well, think about um, the like painting uh, or use not being very literal about the subject matter. Mm-hmm. I like to think of uh, Metallica was very good at that. Yeah, Master of Puppets is about cocaine addiction. The only reason you know that. Is because they say the line "chop your breakfast on a mirror." Mm. 
other than that, there's absolutely no words that lead to lead you to think drug addiction. Yeah. And when you hear that line and then you make that connection, it's like, holy shit, the whole thing's about it. Yeah. The same thing with Harvester of Sorrow, that, which is that, about heroin addiction. That was the good thing about a lot of um, earlier Metallica stuff is that they were able to kind of it's good with a lot of metal is that they're able to sit there and, and convey a message without coming out with it right off the bat. You right. Know? And I mean, I, I, I would like it if more bands could actually do that. Like it's, it's just vague enough to get you going, but then you know what it's about and you go, wow, that's, that's something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, sometimes I feel like there's, there's not enough of that. Um, Granted that being hit over the head with a very direct message is not always a bad thing. True, but True. you know when you're when you're kind of being, you know, led along with crumbs. Like here you go, here comes the point, here comes the <laughs> point. Yeah, it, sometimes it's not so uh, it's not so much fun. Also, like um, lyrics based on books. Mm. Um, we've mentioned um, "Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner." Oh, the entirety of Blind Guardian's catalog. <laughs> The entirety of Blind Guardians catalog, Blind Guardians catalog, because I am a big Tolkien nerd, yeah. and everything that they do is based on that. And they're not the only ones, obviously. Um, I mean, some bands just take their name straight out of Tolkien's books. I mean, yeah. Amon Amarth is name uh, is another name for Mount Doom. Uh, Ungol. Um Yep, Gorgoroth mm-hmm. is another one, um, and on and on and on. Yeah. Um, but songs about particular books or stories or or whatever is usually pretty good. Like. One obviously is about uh, based on the book um, Johnny Got His Gun by Dalton Trombo, which one of my I love that book. I'm pretty sure that it was because of that song that you went out like crazy and went to the library getting that book. I bought three copies. Well, I have one of your copies now, but I'm saying like like, way back when, before you even had it, I think you were like pushing the library, like give me this book now. Yeah, pretty much. I was I was very stoked about that. Especially what I did is I not only did I read the book I watched the movie that was based on the book that's all the clips are in the video I remember that too yeah um, and all three of those things combined make one hell of a story mm. the song the movie the book yeah. um, and then I think that was the main one I wanted to mention but then like like you said anything by kind of like the the power metal scene is usually based on books yeah. or some kind of story and I love that aspect of it where they take one person's story and they make it their own Pretty much what Arion does, or not Arion, Star One does. Yes, yeah, Space Metal. Well, Star One with uh, with with their with their two albums, Space Metal and Victims of the Modern Age. Like he couldn't specifically mention the movie titles by name, so he had to go around it. Yeah, and and he did because he had f- four singers with him. He could you know go around it by doing dialogue that was not obviously not taken straight from the film. It was just used to describe what was going on, and I think he did a great job of that. Yeah, I mean, um, that entire Space Metal album is really good, but I forget the name of this track, but the one that's about Star Wars. Uh, Master of Darkness. That one is fantastic. Yeah. And then the opening track, uh, Perfect Survivor, which is about Alien. That's not an op- uh, opening track. Oh, well, it's, it's the first uh, song that comes yeah. up when I play it yeah. on my iPod. So that track I, is like so perfect, and plus that's what... That track is what made me really kind of fall in love with Damien Wilson's voice. Yeah, well, his voice is fantastic. I mean. But um, you know, like the fact that every single song except for "Say Your Controls" on the albums uh, by Star One are based on movies. Yeah, and you know, like, the ones I I also haven't seen. So like, I haven't seen Dune. So Sandrider. Mm. So I'm like, okay, great. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be able to sit there and watch the movie and say, like, hey, I, I get it now. Well, which, which movie though? He probably wrote it based on the, the, the original, original 1984 yeah. with yeah. Sting and everything. Yeah, 
Because the only version I've seen was the sci-fi redo of it from the Sci-Fi Channel. Gotcha. No, this is, I'm pretty sure I'm talking about the original one. Okay. Um, now, what else do I like lyrics about? Well, why don't we talk about? Um, why don't we get into a little bit of like the death metal lyrics? Now, let's specifically talk about satanic death metal, and let's yeah. start with Venom. All right, because yeah. the guys from Venom, at least the guitarist, probably not. I don't think Chrono uh, is it Chronos. Chronos is the yeah. Scenario. I don't. I don't think he. Uh, uh, like the the guitarist came out and said that they don't believe in any of the words they wrote. They wrote them to be specifically different than yeah. everybody else. Gotcha. Um, which is cool. I mean, it's the kind of same thing that Slayer does. I mean, I know uh, Kerry King is uh, very much anti-religion, but Tom Araya is a Catholic for Christ's sake. Yeah. You know, but he sees that he sees what they do as art, mm. and there's nothing that that you can take away from that. He doesn't necessarily have to believe in what he says; yeah. he just does it because mm. it's what he does. Yeah. And I think the same thing with Venom. But then you got the bands that kind of take themselves a little too seriously. You start thinking about bands like Mayhem, and um, oh, fuck, and Burzum. You know all those like Norwegian death metal bands who eventually led to like the church burnings. Like they just take themselves and their lyrics way too seriously. You, you know what I've I've liked um, when I when I whenever I see it and I remember it, um, King Diamond. Mm-hmm. Now people will look at King Diamond, and they'll they'll see the imagery and say, oh, Satanist. It's like, well, yes, technically he is a Satanist, but all he does is sing ghost stories. Mm-hmm. That's all he does. He does not sing about Satan coming and taking away your children. He sings about some sort of you know, creepy, crazy things that happen in your attic. It's like you, you're, you're, you're. He believes the stuff, but he's not going to sit there and just ram it down your throat here. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, he does, he does it pretty well. Like deicide. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, again, I, I, I'm not big into religion myself, but like even I can't handle it being just in my head. I actually all the time. <laughs> really like deicide, um, and it's not necessarily because of their lyrics. I have to say that that's for sure. But the music matches mm. the lyrics, of course. And uh, I like, I like his, I like his delivery. I like the whole thing about the band. And you know, I think I don't know if it's if they really if they really believe what they sing, or is it like one of those things that with Venom where they just kind of do it for the shock value. Mm. But they do it well, and I think it's I think it's kind of cool. The only thing, like again. Me being anti, like not really caring about religion or anything. The the whole point, <clears throat> there's got to be a point where they're singing about something, um, and they may not believe it, but the fact that they're singing about it is wrong. Like, I'll bring up an example: um, "Scream" by um, Avenged Sevenfold. "Scream" is basically about a, a murderer raping and killing a lady. Uh-huh. They may not be rapists, but that's not the thing you want to sing about. Mm. Like I don't, I think that's inappropriate, mm-hmm. and I definitely do not want to hear. Like even after after years of listening to the song "I Want You" by Kiss, same thing. I was like, man, I don't want to listen to this song anymore. It's really just discomforting. What about a song like "Dead Skin Mask" by like by Slayer? Uh, it's about Ed Gaines or mm-hmm. whoever. But and... that's more so telling, telling, retelling what he. Did? Not necessarily taking the role of that person. I would, I would feel so. Okay. Yeah, I mean, 
at least we we know that it's a story about him. It's not a random person saying like I'm doing all these things. Okay. You know, I mean, still, it's not something that you. It's still un- discomforting, but I mean, I just have a lot of issues with with the idea of of rape and people wanting it. Mm-hmm. So and I, and I don't. I find it just very discomforting that people are are just gonna shrug it off, especially because oh, it's Ben Sevenfold. They're they're a great band. They have all these tracks, and then suddenly, oh, Grace. Baby song. <laughs> let's, let's ignore that. Put it, put it right next to the song where they're talking about uh, a person in a in like a medically induced coma or something like that who who wants to die. Huh. You know, just, they're they're yeah. But yeah, like there's thankfully there's not too many songs like that in heavy metal, so I can sit there and, and not have to sit there and go you know itching around to find it or anything like that. But um, you know, there are certain things like that where I will say, like, okay, you're you're painting a picture, but it's really the wrong picture. Please stop. So, what about um, bands like Cannibal Corpse and Autopsy? Like, these are these are guys. They're more of a gore. Yeah, than and that, else. And, and, and and that's like for me personally, discomforting. People people love it, listen to it. You can't understand what they're singing. You have to read the the, the liner notes to actually know what they're saying. So it doesn't even really matter unless you want to go looking for it. But you know, imagery wise, I don't. I don't really care for it. It's mm. not. It's not for me. And a lot of times, like when I'm doing all this new release stuff, I see a band's logo, I see their album cover. I'm like, I know I'm not going to like this. I know what it's going to be, and I'm not going to like it. So, like, probably if I was to show you the cover of that t- Kyle decapitation record that I was I, talking I saw that about, one. you did see that? Yeah. Yeah. So that probably wasn't wouldn't float your boat really. Not not really. I'll I'll know what it's about. And like, and there's a long shot of me liking it, mm-hmm. but you know, just I, I I don't care for gore. I'm not. You know, even even like movies and horror stuff, I don't care for it. It's not my my thing. Yeah, it's funny because like I really really like Cannibal Corpse, um, especially like the last the rec- last record I picked up was Torture, mm-hmm. and that was really good. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is that I really don't even pay attention to the lyrics because, like, like you said, half the times I can't understand them. Yeah. And even when I read them and I read and I I'm like, I just like listening to the music and the way the vocals are delivered. Like, I love Rage Against Machine. I don't care for their politics at all, yeah. but their songs are goddamn good. It, it, depending on the politics, again, it, it's it's more so of me saying like, "Hey, I agree with this, therefore I kind of like this more." Hey, I don't agree with this, so therefore I'm gonna be a little bit more. Um, I can't even think of the word, but I'm I'm not gonna like it as much lyrically, but I'll probably still like the rest of it. Mm-hmm. You know, in politics, I can I can kind of go with, unless it's so overtly bad, like. If there was a metal version of that song from American History X, that the oh fact my I was into, God, if yeah. there was a metal version of that, I'd be like, yeah, no thanks. I'm sure there back are. Up. I'm like, back up. I'm, I'm sure there are, buddy. Yeah. So like something like that with such an overtly horrible message, uh-huh. no. Like I don't care how good you sound musically, I will not go anywhere near you. So the, the neo-punk, neo-Nazi punk bands out there, not, no. not for you. Yeah. I mean, again, you, you could sound musically fantastic, but you are not. <laughs> you probably I'm not, don't. <laughs> we, so on the on the flip side of the coin, mm-hmm. um, from like the satanic death metal bands, what about overtly Christian metal bands? What I've seen in some, uh, I I have two albums from from rock or um, metal Christian bands. I didn't know that one of them was um, Christian band until I actually like kind of looked into it. I'm pretty sure Baron Cross is. Christian metal. Okay, they sound really good. Their singer kind of sounds a bit like Bruce Dickinson, but slightly higher. Um, '80s metal. They have a song. I think it's. I think imaginary music is about like 
being in front of like God, being in front of like an audience and doing, you know, preaching the name of God. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't doesn't sound like that. As long as you're as you're like kind of vague about it, I'm okay with it. But if you're like super like I love God, it's like nope. <laughs> no, so we're not doing this. Like I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Demon Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, they're I think their their religious imagery, at least as a, in like especially their band photos, like they start putting on like the 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 priest things and whatnot. So their religious imagery in their presentation has gotten a little bit more overt. Yeah. But their actual songs have not. Mm-hmm. I mean, even some of their song, their album titles, like "Storm in the Gates of Hell" or something like that, um, they're they're definitely showing off that they're more of a Christian band. They even, I think, they even build themselves as a Christian metal band. Mm-hmm. Um, not not like Lamb of God. Not like Lamb of God. <laughs> they, I think they legitimately do that. <laughs> okay. But um, I, th- their music actually doesn't lend itself to it. I mean. When you know that they are a Christian band and you listen to the lyrics, like, yes, that makes sense. That definitely does play into it. But if you just take that part of it out and you just kind of, like, put it to, like, everyday life, it could also work. Yeah. Like, like I said, if you, make, if you make your lyrics vague enough that it doesn't sound like you're actually talking about religion and it can be applied to anything, I'm more okay with that. Mm-hmm. But if you were hammering home, Jesus is my homeboy, I'm going to be a little bit turned off. So. Yeah, so just like with the whole satanic thing, is that if the message is overt yeah. in your face, it's kind of yeah a little too much. Yeah, exactly. Um, another quick thing, which is um, outside of of that, um, in particular with with writing lyrics, I I'm not a big fan of of overusage of you or I, me, we, like like personalizing it. When I, when I, again, this is just me personally. Um, I tend to write in a very um, general sense. Um, and I prefer things written in a general sense. I hate when someone's saying, like, I fucking hate you. I hate you. You hate me. Like, I, I don't, like, it just, it sounds way too specific. And it, as a, just a general listener, I feel like I can't listen and relate to it. It's like, that's your hatred. Good for you. You hate. Well, I, I was thinking the same thing, um, only as far as, um, the writer's mindset at the time because mm-hmm. you think about a band like Metallica and they write something in 1984 yeah. and they write what they're feeling at that time 1984 flash you, forward you're to, talking about Fade to Black Fade to Black of course fast, fast forward 30 years later do you still really feel like that There's where, where is the meaning of the song mm-hmm. and you're performing it for 30 years the meaning gets lost it kind of like you feel like you're going through the motions with Fade to Black I'm more okay with it because of the fact that it's in the middle of, of other songs that don't really um, push it that much well I, I just mean like when they personalize something so much mm-hmm. and then play that song later on do they still feel that way and I feel that sometimes the 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 meaning of the song and like performance wise it kind of suffers, mm-hmm. uh, only because you know twenty years even ten years down the line they still don't feel that way they're just playing the song because it's their popular song. Well, with Fade to Black, um, considering it's a song about depression, pretty much or has a depressive theme, um, that can carry through for decades. right i know yeah. but like other things if you if you're, if you're talking about like, like a, a song that you wrote to uh hate on someone like like an ex-girlfriend or a former band member like any of the songs that's, pretty much that's, like pretty much whatever howard jones wrote for kill switch engage well i was gonna say <laughs> i was gonna say any song that that seven dust wrote for uh dez from cold chamber yeah because of that that whole thing um you know they're still great songs but the 
the the, the personal meaning kind of disappears and and I don't just her crying like a bitch. Well, <laughs> that's that's never gonna <laughs> stop being awesome. <laughs> Sorry, that will never stop being awesome. But again, even that song was written about someone mm-hmm. and uh, about someone in particular. It's not just written about some sort of general thing. Like it's not written about a group in society complaining about something that is incredibly stupid. Mm-hmm. It is about a specific person. Mm-hmm. Like one day your little argument's going to end and that whole meaning will drop out and we'll just have to apply it to other things like my videos. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one thing I also don't like is when they make their lyrics too topical mm, for a modern time. It's kind of like uh, when you think about We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. Or um, I think Five Finger Death Punch had a song that's very similar to that where they list a whole bunch of things in pop culture at that time. Oh, is that that one where he's like literally naming it off like Billy Joel did? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Listening to that song later on down the line, it dates itself. Yeah, like, and like I, MySpace still a thing? What? Yeah, right? <laughs> like and the and the listening even going back and this is totally not metal, but listening to Eminem mm. and his whole thing about Carson Daly and Fred Durst, yeah. who Christina Aguilera gave head to first, like that's like 20 years ago. Yeah. Like, who the fuck knows this shit now? You're, you're a little bit too current, basically. Yeah, like, I, I like things that are, like, you can mention something like that, you want to diss somebody vaguely, but it just sounds too fucking dated when they say when they play that song mm-hmm. years down the line. Yeah, yeah. Because then, like, like, people who, you know, a younger generation may come up in the next five, ten years, listen to that song, and go, what's all that shit? Exactly. Like people who are listening to that 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 Sim Shady song now, and again, I think that was like 15 years ago, and new newer fans are gonna be like, "What the hell is he talking about?" Mm. You know, I mean, if it's like a big event, like if someone like Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young's song "Ohio," it's about a singular event in history. Mm-hmm. You can go back and find that out. But this is pop culture we're talking about, yeah. and there's just no reason to 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 make a record of it like that. Well, I feel like that's what's it's significantly more commonplace in rap because they can also, <clears throat> because rap is as um, quick and as wordy as it is, you gotta have, you, you can throw a lot of stuff in there mm-hmm. and they can get away with a little bit more because they have to, pretty much. Right. Um, that is a very poor way of putting it, actually. But, um, I just feel like with the way that, that rap has evolved over time, it is definitely something that they can get away with. They can be more timely. Um, whereas metal does not have that kind of um, ability or even reputation to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, when people have tried, it hasn't always worked. Obviously, you know, we can listen to um, Five Finger Death Punch and hear them talk about all stuff in pop culture, and we can go, wow, that's really unnecessary. Someone may hear it and say, wow, that's really cool. Mm. But I don't, uh, you know, it, as you said, like a few years down the line, it won't really matter because any new fans that come out, if they're still around, will listen to it and say, like, what's that? Well, I also think that, like, they could do be a little bit more clever about it. I mean, Stone Sour had that song that was about George W. Bush going to war and these. Uh, 30, yeah. 30, 30, Yeah. Yeah. Right? Um, and he's all just kind of bashing this guy. Mm. But the thing is, it's such in a vague way that someone can go like 15 years or 20 years down the line listen to it and be like man I really wonder who he was talking about but there's nothing specific yeah. you know it's just a song which 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 is why crying like a bitch can still work yeah so I guess again if 
if you're not naming anybody in particular, it can still work. It can be applied to somebody else later I on. I guess if you, if it's able to apply to other things, yeah. like at the time, maybe it works. But like, as long as they're not specific enough, or yeah. too specific, I guess it, it's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, but but again, metal doesn't do a lot of very specific things. Like like very. I can't even think of a particular time where someone specifically name dropped somebody in a song and mm-hmm. said, you are fucking putts or something like that, you know? <laughs> I mean, that'd be great. It'd be great. It'd uh, be a great uh, thing. But, yeah, I can't, I can't think of anything in metal where they did that, So, which is which is good because I guess there's better things to write about than just sitting there insulting everyone around you. Yeah, so. Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> we make a lot of fun of them, but I still listen to them all the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, I, I've heard a song or two, um, and they were pretty good. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, The Devil's Carnival. This is, all, this is completely off track, actually. Devil's Carnival is a thing made by, um, uh, I can't even pronounce his name, Terrence Dunich, something like that. <clears throat> he did um, a movie called Repro, The Genetic Opera. I don't know if you ever saw that. No. That was a musical that came out a couple of years ago, kind of. Um, it was basically about, you ever seen the movie Repo Man? I heard of the movie, never saw it. Okay, basically take that and make it into a musical. Okay. What he did thereafter was uh, a musical called The Devil's Carnival, which had Sean Patrick Flannery in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was basically um, a literal carnival, and this, I believe it was the singer of Five Finger Death Punch was one of the clowns. He has that makes own, sense. He has one of his own songs, and he plays like the sad clown. He just does his whole song, and he's, he's good in it. It's a cool part. Um, I, I've liked some of their music and everything. So. Some of their music's really good. Um, where I actually want to talk about Five Freaking Death Punch now. Um, one of their tracks that they did, I think it was two albums ago. Part of the, I think there was the first part of their double album that came out, and they had that track with Rob Halford. Oh wow, that is a great track. Mm. So awesome. But then, in the same vein, they, this guy Ivan Moody. I mean, he's actually such a tough guy. And my, my least favorite thing that anybody does, not necessarily metal, rap, or anybody or anything like that, is when somebody goes out of their way to record a song to say how much they don't care about what people say about them. That is kind of my issue with Slayer album. Yeah? Yeah, because I, if Kerry King is doing a lot of the writing on this album, then that's what he does. He writes a lot of, like, I don't care, get out of my way. Like, but you obviously care because you went out of your way to insult them. Yeah, I mean, there's, I, I think Ivan, Ivan Moody from Five Finger Death Punch has written things like responding to comments. Like he just pulls up like his YouTube. He pulls, yeah, I was gonna say he pulls up his YouTube page, his Facebook comments, and he's like, he's reading it with the mic. He's like, well, fuck that guy, and fuck this guy, and fuck you too, you know. But it's like, but then he, in the same, like he goes out of his way to say how much he doesn't care about these comments and things. But you obviously care because you take the time and the money to record a song about it and release it. You could have written about anything else in yeah. the world, but you had to choose that. Yeah, it's that's that's. I agree with you. With any artist, no matter what musical genre, unless unless it's all instrumental. <laughs> like I was just thinking of uh, The Simpsons when. Um, they did the whole Who Shot Mr. Burns thing. Uh-huh. And uh, Tito Puente was like, why would I riddle the body of bullets when I could set his soul afire? Yes. <laughs> like, I'm okay with something like that. That is glorious. <laughs> I hope all of these are that fun. <laughs> That's so awesome. Forgot about that. But yeah, like, I, 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 I do agree with you. Like, I can't, I can't stand when people sit there and say, like, I, I, I don't care about this. I don't care about that. Like, that doesn't phase me, but you're still, you're talking about it. You're phased by it, obviously. Yeah. Because you, you, you keep on mentioning it. It's the same, like, 
like taking the time off to go on Facebook and say, I don't care what people say about me, but you just wrote that you're just taking time to do it. I mean, why? Yeah. If you really don't care, you won't even fucking mention it. Yeah. Tough, uh, this stupid tough guy bullshit is always is annoying no matter what genre we're talking about. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, upsides, fantasy, war, cool, fun, fantastical things, downside, tough guy bullshit, and, and basically really inappropriate things, like rape. <laughs> so, yeah, stay away from that shit. But um, anybody has any sort of um, opinions about what they like as far as lyrical content, if you like hearing curses, if you don't like hearing curses, uh, anything in particular that you, you, know, you don't want to hear in your music or in your metal... Let us know. Facebook page, facebook.com slash the shred check. We are actually closing up for the week and we are actually doing well with time. Really? So, yes, we That's are. That's the first. We are, we are doing well here. So uh, we will be coming back next week. Uh, in the meantime, go to youtube.com slash adamantstemplum for my YouTube series, Recreational Warfare, video games um, with my brother here, myself. My, my wife joins me sometimes. Um, just a lot of little uh, Let's Play videos, as well as the upcoming Top 3 video for our Top 3 albums for the month of August 2015. Which will probably come out the day before we release the September one. Fuck you. <laughs> I will have it done soon. I just had a long week. Uh, you can also look forward to the eventual release of the poster discussion, the continuation of the poster discussion, which I was supposed to release a month ago. That was, that was me. My bad. Uh, and aside from that, you can follow me on Twitter at username Novus Redemptor. I uh, post all my little day-to-day -day thoughts and everything. Uh, again, I've had a long week, so I haven't been able to post very much except, you know, recreational warfare videos. So, Chris, what do you got? Um, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Both are at UpTheIron3314. Um, online fitness consulting on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash UpTheIron3314. Become my friend on Facebook in general, um, and you pretty much will be caught up to date with everything that we talk about, including new releases, uh, streaming uh, albums, and news in general, and plus just my musings on nerd stuff. Nerd stuff. Specifically Star Wars and Tolkien. Yeah, this, this is, this is going to be a year for you. New Star oh, Wars my game. God. What are you talking about? The year. It's going to be like the next decade. Did you, did you like just drop a whole lot of semen on the floor when the toys got released? Actually, I haven't even looked at a single one, except today, when I walked into Walmart, bombarded with yeah. Star Wars stuff, and it is glorious. I'm pretty sure there were like people around the blocks for those things. Oh, I just Force Friday. They actually named a day of it, so, I mean, come on. Because <laughs> they missed May the 4th, so they're like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> well, it's, it's like two months before the release of the movie, so everyone's going to be having all their gear ready to go for the movie. So, so we need more, more metal songs about Star Wars. We'll get on that, actually. Yeah, we're on it. And until next week, I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. And we bid you adieu.